Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Oh, is it morning or afternoon? It's morning. Good morning. Well, we're delighted to be here, Killy, aren't we? We are. This is just, it's just fantastic. Fantastic being here with you all. It really is. Uh, we brought some resources. There's n- never always an appropriate time to mention them. So, Killy, let's just mention them now. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so we've brought some children's books. Um, the Easter Story, as we're heading towards Easter, uh, great to read with your preschoolers and also through uh, grades... It's grades over here, isn't it? Uh, yeah. One and two. Yeah, no. And then, um, how can I pray? A lovely introduction to prayer for children, based on the Lord's Prayer. Um, just um, getting children a little bit older, maybe, to engage in prayer and why we pray. And then, and you know, sometimes these gifts, it's just great to give them away to people. Um, we gave away 3,000 of these uh, to 50 children's hospitals and 55 children's hospices. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's just give them away and sow them a seed in other people's lives. And, and then that's a good question, which is um, questions that children ask. And um, you can see there's a I don't know if you can see, but there's a dinosaur sitting on the ark. Were there dinosaurs in the ark? And other questions about heaven, even there's a little one about suffering in there, just to get children thinking. A lot of adults have enjoyed this book, can I just say. They have. And this book is called Will I Be Fat in Heaven? Because I was thinking about heaven and I was thinking, you know, I'm at the age now where I've got furniture disease. Do you know about furniture disease? That's when your chest falls into your drawers. (laughs) And I was wondering, what am I going to look like in heaven? Well, that's just one of 39 different questions that I tried to answer. And there's other books as well. Have a look afterwards at the bookstore. Thanks, Killy. Um, people often ask me, uh, J. John, what do you actually do? Uh, and it's always very difficult to explain that to people because if I tell someone that I'm a reverend, which I am, that conjures up images in people's minds. It was so funny. Yesterday, we caught an Uber and uh, uh, I st- we started talking to the driver and, uh, and I told him that I, I, was, I was a reverend. And he goes, oh, father. He was an Irish guy. Oh, father, father. And he spent the whole journey to calling me father do you see it conjures up images in people's minds and if I say that I'm an evangelist oh he's an evangelist oh my word you know what does that mean so I like to be a little bit creative in explaining what I do I sat next to this lady on an aeroplane at Heathrow Airport in London. And I said, hello. And she, oh, hello. And I said, where are you going? Oh, she says, I'm going to Singapore. Then she said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Australia. I said, what do you do? And she told me. Then she said, what do you do? And I said, well, I work for a global enterprise. 
She said, do you? I said, yes, I do. I said, we've got outlets in nearly every country of the world. Have you? I said, yes, we have. I said, we've got orphanages, we've got hospices, we've got hospitals, we do marriage work, we do justice work, we do reconciliation work. I said, basically, we look after people from birth to death and we deal in the area of behavioral alteration. (laughs) She went, wow. Her her wow was so loud, people turned round and looked at us. She goes, what's it called? I said, it's called the church. Have you heard of it? (laughs) I mean, that's what we do. Listen, if you're a visitor here uh, this morning, or you're a visitor online, uh, you know, that's what the church does. I, I began to speak to her, and it became very obvious that within a few minutes, her understanding of Christianity was a misunderstanding. And I think that's true today of many people around the world, that their understanding of Christianity is a misunderstanding. And that's why it's very important to know what do we believe and why do we believe it. And uh, Pastor Johnny has asked me this morning to explain to you what is Christianity. So that's what I'm going to do now. When, when I conclude, if you're not yet a Christian, but you'd like to begin your journey of following Jesus, or you used to be a Christian, but you kind of lost your way, but you're here today, or you're online, or you're watching in the foyer, I will ask you to do something. I will ask you if you want to say yes to get up out of your seat, out of the rows, and come and stand here at the front. The reason I'm telling you that now is so that in 30 minutes' time, you're not surprised, okay? So sit back, 30 minutes. Some of you may need to do that. What is Christianity? Well, This is a verse that's going to come up on the screen now from the Bible. John 3, 16. And it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In that one sentence in the Bible, it sums up the essence of of what Christianity is. Christianity is an invitation. Now, if you're anything like me, I'm sure you appreciate invitations. Even if you can't go, you're appreciative that you got invited. Now, when you get an invitation to a wedding or something like a wedding, you get the card, bottom of the card, RSVP. What do they stand for? Well, it's French. Respondez s'il vous plaît which basically means, are you going to come? And people put a date. So if you don't reply by the date, you can't go. Now, every single one of us here today, we're being offered the Christian invitation, RSVP. Sunday, the 25th of February, 2024. Will we be offered it tomorrow? don't know. 
You're going, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. Why don't I know? Because none of us can guarantee that we're going to be alive tomorrow. That's why it's so important to reply to the invitation while you're still alive. <laughs> now, when you get an invitation, there are three things you want to know. One, who is it from? Two, who is it to? Three, what is it about? Okay, let's answer those three questions. Question one, who's it from? The Bible verse started for God. It starts with G-O-D. What does G-O-D mean? What does that word mean? When the first Russian astronaut returned from space, first interview, first question. Did you see God? He said, no, I did not. The Soviet Union at that time heralded this as proof that God did not exist. When the first American astronaut returned from space, first interview, fourth question, did you see God? He said, I would have seen God had I stepped out of my spacesuit. <laughs> Pretty clever. That was clever. But, but can you see the Russian and the American had two different understandings of the word God. Today, many people ask the wrong questions. If you ask the wrong questions, you can never get the right answer. So the right question to ask is, has God revealed himself? Has God spoken? Now, according to the Bible, God has spoken. God has revealed himself in creation. There's a book in the Bible called Romans. And in there, we read that the whole of creation is trying to get our attention. But I know people, I'm sure you do. Oh, we love mountains. Oh, we love the forest. Oh, we love the ocean. But they're not interested in who created them. Yeah? But, but, the, whole, but the forest... The mountain, the ocean, is crying out to get our attention. God has revealed himself throughout history. But God's greatest revelation of himself for all people, for all times, for all cultures, was in Jesus. Now, here's a very good question. How do we know he's the one? That's a good question. Right, the Bible, okay? The Bible's got two testaments, old, new. Old Testament begins with a book called Genesis. It ends with a book called Malachi. New Testament begins with a book called Matthew. It ends with a book called Revelation. Last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. First book of the New Testament, Matthew. 500 years of silence. God doesn't communicate. Nothing's written down. Okay? So you've got Genesis to Malachi, written over several thousands of years, the history, 500-year gap, the New Testament. In the Old Testament of the Bible, are, there are what are called messianic prophecies that tell you about the arrival on earth of the King of Heaven. They tell you where he's going to be born, how he's going to be born, how he's going to grow up, what he's going to say, how he's going to die. You've even got details like the number of coins that will be used to betray him. In the Old Testament, there are 322 messianic prophecies. 
Do you know what the mathematical compound probability is of 322 prophecies being fulfilled in one man at one moment in time? One over 84 with 100 zeros. In other words, it doesn't happen every day. I've spoken in many universities around the world. I've debated, answered questions. Interestingly, the most common question whenever I've spoken in a university, why are you a Christian? The reason I'm a Christian is because it's true. It's true. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. The invitation is from Jesus, who too, for God so loved the world, every single one of us, doesn't matter who we are, our age, the color of our skin, we're all being invited. What's it about? Christianity is essentially about three things, forgiveness from the past, new life here today, hope for the future. Forgiveness from the past. Do you agree with the following statement? There are problems in the world today. Do you agree? Of course we agree. Problems globally, socially, domestically, personally. Many governments of the world, charities, social agencies, are trying to alleviate the symptoms. But if you try and alleviate the symptoms, you will always have the symptoms unless you deal with the root cause. So the big question is, what is the root cause of everything that's wrong in the world today? A mother said to her husband, darling, look after Annie for me. I need to get on. He said, of course. He thinks, what could he do to occupy his little daughter? He's flicking through a magazine. He sees a map of the world. He says to his daughter, watch what I'm going to do. He cuts the map of the world into small squares. He muddles the squares on the floor. He says to her, I want you to put the squares back together again, like a puzzle, to make the map of the world. So he thinks that will take some time. A couple of minutes later, Daddy, I've done it. He goes and has a look. He doesn't think she could do it can't believe it. She's done it. How did you know where to put all the squares? Ah, she said, when you were cutting the map out, I looked on the other side. <laughs> and I saw a picture of a man and a woman. And I thought, if I could put the man and the woman back together again, I could put the world back together again. <laughs> you see, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. That's what's at the heart of everything that's wrong in the world today. It's the human heart. Now, the Bible word for that, the Bible word for that is sin. That's the Bible word for it. I was in London, and I was walking around London, a place called Oxford Circus, and there was this gigantic poster of a woman advertising lingerie. I mean, it looked like a Victoria's Secret model. And somebody wrote across the poster in large letters, S-I-N, sin. 
And somebody wrote, what is sin? And I could see that loads of people had written definitions all over the poster. So I went to read them. I mean, it must have looked really bad, me just standing there. (laughs) I didn't think of that at the time. I was reading them all, and I'm just standing here looking at her. And I read all the definitions, and I disagreed with every single one of them. So I got my pen out. And I wrote, whoever knows what is right to do, but fails to do it, for that person, it is sin. And then I signed it, James. (laughs) Because I didn't want to get the credit for it. (laughs) Because James in the Bible wrote that. Whoever knows what is right to do, but fails to do it. For that person, it is sin. Even by our own standards, we fail. Just imagine you passed out of this life. You woke up in a theater, sitting in front of a screen. All of a sudden, the doors open, an angel flies in and comes up to you and says, welcome to the theater of judgment. Watch the screen. There on the screen you see your life, everything you ever did here on earth, everything you ever said here on earth, and everything you ever thought, you see it on the screen. At the end of the film as you're recovering, the angel comes back and says, relax, there's going to be a second showing. All the people in the film are all waiting outside. We're just going to let them in to view your life a second time. How would you feel? if your life were judged on that basis. That is exactly how God judges us. But he does it in an instant. I, I would not want a private viewing, let alone a public viewing of my life. I honestly don't need convincing. I've thought, said, done things that I shouldn't have. Now, some people say it doesn't matter. It does all that stuff disconnects us from God and it works a bit like an overdraft in a bank account. If you have an overdraft and I have an overdraft, you can't help me, I can't help you. The only one who can help us is someone in credit. Jesus was the only one in credit. Jesus came into this world to die on a cross because by dying on a cross, as the Bible says, he purchased, he bought, he purchased for us forgiveness. There was a very famous artist. He went back to the very small rural community where he was born and brought up. He's walking around the village stores There's an antique shop, looks in the window, (gasps) cannot believe what he sees. He sees one of his paintings, but it was a painting that he'd painted years before he was famous. The frame was broken, the painting was dirty and scratched, but it was his. But he couldn't go into the store 
and say to the manager, that's my painting, give it back to me. If he wanted it back, he had to buy it back before he could clean it, restore it, reframe it. That is what Jesus did for you and for me. You and I, whether we're here in the auditorium, in the foyer, you're online, you're in another campus, that's what he did for you and for me. We can be and experience today forgiveness from the past and be liberated and set free. I, I was not brought up as a Christian. When I became a Christian, I was a student in London. My mother said to me, you're brainwashed. And I said to my mum, mum, my brain has been washed. If you only knew, mum, what was in my brain, you'd be pleased it got washed. <laughs> Honestly, my mum didn't know what was in my brain. I tell you, it wasn't good. It got washed. We can experience forgiveness from the past. Two, new life here today. The word Christian has got the word Christ in it. If you remove the word Christ from the word Christian, you're left with I-A-N. Ian isn't going to help you. Now, I'm not saying he's not a nice man. I'm sure he's a lovely man. But he's not going to change your life. You know, too many people today pretend to be Christians why would I pretend to be a Christian when I could actually become one? Huh? Look, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means you're connected to Christ. That's what it means. Think of your life like a car, okay? The car of your life. Using that analogy, being a Christian means Christ is in your car, and if you don't think he's in your life, listen today, invite him in. But I would imagine for the majority of us, Christ is in our car. Okay, question, where is he in the car of your life? Do you drive your car to church, unlock the trunk, get Jesus out for a religious happy hour, at the end of the service, get back in there. <laughs> you know, some people express their Christianity one hour on a Sunday. You wouldn't know that they're a Christian at work. You wouldn't know that they're a Christian to the neighbors. Other people have got Jesus on the back seat, a bit of a passenger. Others have got him in the front passenger seat a bit of a companion. Some people have got him in the driving seat of their lives. Now, where is he for you? Every one of you that thought he's in the driving seat, I've got another question for you. Are you a backseat driver? <laughs> the, car gets, the car gets to an intersection. Jesus turns left. Where are you going? I'm going down the road of forgiveness. I don't want to. I mean, I know what that's like. I'm telling you. Did you ever see the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Okay, I'm Greek. 
Okay, when that movie came out, some of my British friends said, is that what Greek culture is like? I said, no, it's worse. <laughs> my mother is a travel agent for guilt trips. <laughs> if I want to feel guilty, phone my mother. I mean, she nagged me last week about my, I'm using the wrong shampoo. That's why my hair's falling out. It's, it's like, mum, mum, you know, do you know how old I am? You know, uh, forgive, forgive, forgive. Sometimes I don't want to do what he's telling me to do. It's very easy to say, oh, he's in my car. He's in my, you get to an intersection. He turns right, where are you going? I want you to go down the road of generosity. Oh, I don't want to be generous. <laughs> you know, how do you know? How do you know he's in the driving seat? How do you know he's first? F-I-R-S-T. Ask five questions. Is he first F in my finances? That often is the thing that can suffocate us. I, is he first in my interests? Ah, is he first in my relationships? You know, I sometimes meet Christian couples who are fighting each other, cats and dogs. <laughs> and they're, they're a Christian couple. Wait a minute, if Jesus is first in my life and Jesus is first in my wife's life, how can Jesus fight Jesus? <laughs> Jesus wouldn't fight Jesus. Is he first S in my schedule? Is he first in my troubles? If you can say Jesus is first in my finances, interests, relationships, schedule, troubles, whoa, that's a pretty good sign, he's first. But if you can't say that, it's a bit like you've got a little, little light flashing on your dashboard in your car to tell you something's wrong. Do you know, it's so funny. When we had a little light flashing in our car, I, I was in the car and I was like, stop it, stop it. I wanted to stop the little red light. Well, that's stupid because the little red light says there's something wrong. You've got to get the manual out and find out what the problem is. Fix it. So some of you today, it might be you need to reposition Jesus. When you've got Jesus in the driving seat of the car of your life, by his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Now, here's another test. How long have you been a Christian? How fruity are you? If you're lacking some of this fruit, it means there's a blockage and you need to reposition Jesus. So in a few minutes, some of you might need to get up out of your seats and rows, come and say, I want to receive Christ. I want him in my life. Others of you, you need to get up and come to the front and say, I need to reposition Jesus. Forgiveness from the past, new life here today. The verse, can we have the verse back up again, please? Look, look what it says there, okay? For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. That Greek word for perish, it's a bad word. It's not good. 
but have eternal life. He wants us to have a hope for the future. The Bible says the length of a good life, what's the length of a good life? Three score years and ten. Now, three score years and ten is an old-fashioned way of saying 70 years. Let's allocate 10 years per day of the week. Okay, 10 years for Monday, 10 years for Tuesday, 10 years for Wednesday, 10 years for Thursday, 10 years for Friday, 10 years for Saturday, 10 years for Sunday. Okay, let's journey through my life. I've already walked through Monday, I've walked through Tuesday, I've walked through Wednesday, I've walked through Thursday, I've walked through Friday, I've walked through Saturday, I'm Sunday morning. How's your weekend looking? Now you're thinking, wait a minute, granny and grandpa, they're older than 70. That's right. Sometimes God gives us an extra holiday Monday. Sometimes God gives us an extra holiday Tuesday. Not many people get an extra Wednesday. But let's assume you get three score years and ten, and he gives you an extra Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you live 100 years on, on this earth. Do you realize that 100 years on this earth is a blip on the eternal screen? Just a blip. He wants us to have a hope for the future. You know, without Christ, we have a hopeless end. With Christ, we have an endless hope. An endless, endless hope. And if Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you and I could get there, it must be worth getting there. It must be worth getting there. What is Christianity? Christianity is an invitation. Who is it from? Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Who is it to? You and me. What is it about? Forgiveness from the past, new life here today, and a hope for the future. RSVP. Responde, s'il vous plaît. What have you done with your invitation? What do you want to do with your invitation? If you've accepted the invitation and Jesus is in the driving seat of your life, then you become the invitation. Because you're an ambassador for Jesus. So wherever you go, interacting with people outside of the church, you are the invitation to others. If you've never accepted the invitation, why don't you accept the invitation today and have an experience, forgiveness from the past, new life today, and a hope for the future? Whether you're here in the auditorium, whether you're in the foyer, whether you're on an, uh, at another campus, you're online, why don't you accept the invitation? Maybe some of you did accept the invitation in the past, but maybe you just, life, you got distracted, diverted. 
Maybe you even got slightly derailed. But listen, you're here now. You're online. You need to come back. Why don't you come back today, now? And some of you, maybe you didn't even realize this, but you've realized it now. I need to reposition Jesus. Well, why don't you reposition Jesus today, Sunday, the 25th of February, 2024? Why don't you say, I don't, I'm not going to leave you in the trunk. I don't want you to be a passenger. I want you to be in the driving seat of my life, and I want to put you first. Why don't you come out and say, today is a new beginning. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.